Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tradeify podcast. I'm um, thrilled this week to have uh, Jordan Farley um, from Artisan Electrics based in Cambridge. Jordan, welcome to the, to the podcast. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. And Jordan, we know to many of you that um, follow him. He now has, would you update me on the number? Last time I looked, you were, I think, over 50,000 subscribers to your to your channel. Is that? 56. And 56, about, I'm out of date. We're just about to hit 57, I believe. Uh, probably tonight we'll hit 57,000 subscribers. Not, yeah. not that you're counting, but yes, that's, that's amazing. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I think what's really interesting, just um, I'm going to go a little bit off, off script here, but when did you launch the channel? Uh, I kind of set it up when I first started my business, which was 2016, but I didn't really do much with it for the first few years. So I've only really been posting regular videos for the last couple of years, I would say. Yeah, that's, it's amazing. So if you look at the growth in the last year, I'm sure when I look back about a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, you were probably more like six or 7,000 subscribers. Is that fair? Yeah, it has to it has totally blown up in the last year. Yeah, that's incredible. Cool. So um, we have a lot of listeners that are all over the world. So Jordan's based in the UK, uh, in a lovely town called Cambridge, famous for an average university, um, but also famous. I didn't, I didn't realize this, actually. I'm a, I'm a football fan. For those of you in the US, a soccer fan, that Cambridge University invented the rules of football. Did you know that, Jordan? I didn't. You didn't know that? Oh, interesting. So in 1848, yeah, they did invent the rules of, uh, of football forward slash soccer. Um, and the university itself has been there since 1209. So a lot of history. Um, so, but it's a very, very pleasant city in, in, in the UK. So I'm going to dive straight in. So do you want to maybe, Jordan, start by telling us how you got into the, the business of being an electrician and when you started that, that journey and what made you get into that? Yeah, so I originally started off, uh, how, how far back you want to go, really. I didn't really want to be an electrician originally. I, my dad was an electrician and his dad was an electrician. So there's a bit of a history there. Yeah, but I kind right. of thought I'd, I kind of wanted to break the mould a bit. So when I left school, I went to college and studied business and archaeology like you do because i just didn't yeah. really know what i wanted to That's the, uh, do the archaeology my life archaeology ever come in handy in your line of work uh, uh digging digging cables in the ground <laughs> that's about it <laughs> uh but yeah i just I, I guess when you're 16 you don't really want know what you want to do with your life so i just did what everyone else was doing went to college you know did some did a levels and stuff but about halfway through my uh, my college term I kind of realized that I didn't really want to be stuck in an office for the rest of my life right. although, although, although I actually am more in the office now but I wanted to get a trade basically and I realized that my dad had a good thing going you know he he he, had, he enjoyed his work he earned good money uh, it was always you know good for supporting my family so I figured hey why not um eat humble pie and ask my dad to give me an apprenticeship which he very kindly did so I did my apprenticeship route into the industry, really. Uh, right. Got qualified as an electrician. And unfortunately, when I was 21, just got qualified, then my dad died of cancer. Oh, so, um, yeah, so that was quite intense because I just got qualified as an electrician. And I was like, I sort of found myself 
having to take over the family business kind of thing and um and do all the stuff that you know you don't really learn how to do in college like yeah paperwork and quotes and invoices and all that kind of stuff um so that was pretty intense but um he he trained me well and I managed to sort of pick things up without doing too many mistakes um and uh, yeah managed to carry things on for a few years so I, I kind of carried on the family business for a while and then my wife and I decided we wanted to do some volunteer work and travel a bit so we sold that business and we went and did some volunteer work traveled around a few different countries for a few years uh, and then 2016 ran out of money uh, decided to come back to the UK and start a new business and that was when Artisan Electrics was born so started it from scratch yeah. completely uh, fresh start but in Cambridge which is where I was from originally so I sort of knew the market and um, was able to create Artisan Electrics which is uh, the business that I'm running today and it's grown from just being me uh, on the tools to now I think we've got seven employees uh, and a few subcontractors so it's yeah it's grown a lot and uh, YouTube's been a big part of that as well. Yeah, cool. That's great. I, just to go back a step, I mean, you, you talked about selling the business, which I'm sure some of our listeners have either done or might be thinking about doing at some point. How did you approach that? Um, I was quite fortunate, really, because it wasn't um, the business. It wasn't the most profitable business or anything that I was running. It was just a little family business. So normally, it would sort of. It's quite difficult to sell a, a trades business like that. Just it was sort of a one man yeah. band, you know. Uh, but there was a guy who, who had been working for me as a subcontractor and his dad owned a construction firm and he was sort of looking to get established in the area. And so I put it out to him and he was interested. So um, he, he bought the business just as a going concern, really, with the good the goodwill and the customer base and stuff like that. And it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of money in it, but it was enough for me to kind of like have a bit to the side so that when I did need to start up a new business a few years later, I had enough money to get a van and tools and just get set yeah, up again. Yeah. Know. And did you know when you went traveling that you would want to come back and be an electric, start another electrician's business? Um, not really. I think it was just kind of open-ended. We were just sort of went with the flow really. Right. But um, yeah, I, I guess I knew that I'd have to at some point because, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to, you've got to earn some money at some point. So um, yeah, it, it um, it worked out great and actually starting a new business was brilliant for me because I could start it with all the lessons that I'd learned from running the previous business in mind yeah. um, and you probably know like yourself as a startup you have advantages in that you don't have all the kind of um, all the what, what would you call it like all the baggage that yeah. a long-standing business has so you can run it quite lean you can get it more profitable you can you can do the things that work and you don't have all the things that don't work that you're kind of yeah. trying to get rid, rid of so it was a great experience for me just setting up a new business from scratch and being able to learn all the lessons from from having run the previous business and implement that into my new business yeah, what do you think? Um, one of the questions I had was more about the business you're in now, but actually seems more applicable to your, to your prior business. What was the biggest learning you think or challenge that helped you the most sort of when you then launched your own, your own business? Uh, there's a lot of things really that you kind of learn the hard way when you're 
when you're young like I was and running a business so stuff like being a bit too trusting maybe with certain customers or, or taking on the wrong jobs for the wrong customers I learned the hard yeah. way uh, a couple of times there with just working for some people where I should have just said no to the initial inquiry because there was you know right. alarm bells should have started ringing but they didn't because I was a little bit young and naive so you know didn't get paid uh, yeah. stuff like that uh, that happened. A could you give me times. an example? Could you give me an example? When you say alarm bells, alarm bells start ringing. Can you give me an example of when an alarm bell rings for you? Well, now it's like if a customer's really kind of being a bit tight about the price, you know, they're, they're yeah. really insistent about they, you know, they basically just want the job as cheap as possible. Now, for my business, it's all about quality and not price. So, yeah, um, you know, I've. I've learned who my target customer is and who it isn't. But when you're sort of young and green and a little bit desperate for work, maybe your sort of tendency is to just to take on every single job that comes in, even if it's not really the kind of customer that you want to be working for. So I had, you know, one or two sort of dodgy characters approach me who, you know, they want, it's the typical story of like, oh, can you give me a discount if I pay you in cash? And, uh, you know, uh, just a few things like right. where where you know a few things that you kind of I should have figured out that they were they were a bit unscrupulous these sort of characters and I should have just said no to working for them yeah, yeah. at the time <laughs> at the time I was like yeah great no problem you know and um yeah and then just they paid you they paid you cash on the first day and then you did five more days of work and you didn't see any more money and that was it, you know, uh, uh, yeah, so. So, and do you have any advice for any sort of young people out there that are maybe thinking about they've finished their apprenticeship, they've worked for someone for a few years, they're about to go and embark on that journey, I guess, and this sort of leads to the next question around how you build the business. If they haven't got a customer base, do you, do you have any advice for them around how to filter, um, you know, apart from the obvious stuff around how they pay you, but how to filter those things or how to be more selective? Is that possible even when you're sort of starting out afresh without a customer base? Yeah, I think it is to a certain extent. What, one thing I say to people now is if they're starting a business, start it as if they mean to sell it in the future. Yeah. Because I've I kind of learned that. I like my my previous business, I would have never, you know, my dad would have probably never expected to sell it in the future. I I wouldn't never have. But um now I think you never know what's going to happen in the future. And, and if you're building a business, for it to be a proper business, you should actually be able to sell it, really. You should be able to sort of remove yourself from it. And that if you do that, then you kind of create a, a brand that is not just about you, but it's sort of yeah. about, you know, an ethos that behind the company and stuff like that. So that's what I've done with Artisan Electrics. It's, it's not like Jordan Farley Electrical Services or something like that. It is it's a brand. And that also enables you to target a certain type of customer. So when I set up Artisan Electrics, my target customer straight away in, as part of my business plan was I want to work in sort of high-end luxury properties uh you know be able to do a really high standard of job install really good quality materials that's my target customer and that's how I sort of set out from right. the start and of course I had to you know there were times when I didn't have enough work and I had to maybe accept jobs from people that weren't the perfect customer um for me but ultimately it's helped me to kind of guide it that way yeah so I would say that definitely if you're setting up a business, having your target customer in mind and 
and your sort of niche in mind is really important and that's helped me to get artisan electrics to where it is today and how did you how did that's a really it's a really interesting point there that you thought about an actual specific group of you know buyers um for your services and that you went for the sort of luxury end of the market um a couple of questions on that number one we sort of why why did you pick that as a as an area was it underserved in cambridge and sort of number two how did you approach which we'll get into really how you started your YouTube stuff. How did you approach marketing to that group to build that, that customer base? Yeah, I mean, Cambridge is, uh, I'm you know fortunate to be in Cambridge in that it does have, there's a lot of money here because of the university, because of all the tech, yeah. you know, and like pharmaceutical companies and stuff that are here. It's a bit of a bubble. So um, like in the last recession, for example, Cambridge is kind of not really hit by the recession as much as everywhere else because of, of that. So it's a good, it was a good place for me to start a business because I felt more confident doing it here, knowing that. And then there are that there is that customer base that you know is yeah. present in the area because of because of that. So I was able, it is difficult to target those kind of people specifically with advertising and things like that, all you can really do is the way that you present yourself, make it as appealing to those kind of people as possible. So, you know, like the name Artisan Electrics, people, they're the kind of people who will go to an artisan bakery and buy, you know. I was going to make a joke about that. I didn't want to be. I was going to say, did you name your business after an artisan bakery or coffee shop or something? But it sounds yeah. like you did. <laughs> it well, was intentional. Yeah. It, it was it, it was at the time you know, it was 2016 when I said it was at the time when artisan was like really the the thing you know everything it was meant artisan, artisan. yes yes and it yes. still still is but I kind of wanted to speak like an artisan really is someone who's a, a craftsman somebody who you know prides themselves in their work uh, you know and does everything really carefully and that's the kind of image that I wanted to convey really to customers. Yeah. And, and in the hope that those kind of customers would, would be seeking out this kind of business. And it has kind of um, developed that way, but it's taken a lot of hard work to get the right customer base. And I think getting in with a few key customers and then you're getting recommendations, getting loads of reviews, that has been absolutely key to my business is getting reviews because a certain customer base who's not so much worried about price, but worried about quality, that what do yes. they do? They look, they look for reviews, you know? Talk, talk so, me through the talk me through your review process. How do you how do you ensure that you or how did you ensure that you received reviews and people and followed up on that? We just send a link out to every customer with the invoice. We just say, um, you know, as a small business, we a small local business, we really rely on great reviews from our loyal customers. Would you mind giving us uh, a review? And um, yeah, that works great. We've got yeah, over a hundred yeah. over hundred five star reviews now and it's just the thing now you know whenever anyone's looking for anything TripAdvisor or um you know whatever they look for reviews and, and if you've got five stars you stand out from the competition um so and then it's about living up to that reputation that's the thing you've got you've got to work really hard to get the, the reputation in the first yeah. place but to keep it up as well so it doesn't just come automatically but it pays dividends if you really put in the hard work yeah, absolutely. I think the reviews process is um, one of the things I've heard from from lots of people is that they find that the comparison sites, so Checker Trade and those types of rated people, those types of sites don't necessarily drive the quality of leads or the customers they're, they're looking for. Um, but the review side is still really, really important, whether it's on, on Google or other platforms is, is still critical. 
and it sounds like you're, you're reinforcing that. And then did you have a, quite an intentional approach to your, on, I mean, it looks like you did, but do you want to maybe walk through how you picked, sort of fell on YouTube and how you thought about your digital presence to really appeal to that, that target audience that you picked? Yeah, so in terms of YouTube, I mean, I just started the channel when I made the business. I just started it like you do with when you're starting a business. You just take your, you claim your name, you know, you put your flag in the yeah. ground on all the various, on all the various platforms. So I set up the Instagram profile, the Twitter profile, and I was like, oh, I'll set up a YouTube, uh, you know, page as well. I didn't really intend to do much with it at the start, but I thought, well, I need to claim my name. You know, I've, yeah. I've I've bought my domain name and stuff. I need to just claim my name on every platform. And um, I think I just posted like one or two little videos, silly little videos, really, without thinking much about it. And then one day, one of the videos started to get a lot of views. And it was a little sort of almost like tutorial style video for customers because it was solving a problem that I used to get called out for a lot. And it was really simple for the customer to solve. So I thought, I'll just make a video about it. I can just send it to customers then and it will be a, a goodwill sort of service for them rather right. than having to pay me pay me to come out. I'll just show it to them and, and hopefully it'll fix it. And it, if not, then I can come out. So, yeah, and then that that one got loads of views and then a few I thought I'll post a few more videos and some of them got started to get loads of views from electricians who were like, oh, this is great. Uh, can you make more videos in the comments? So I was like, OK, oh, I'll make a few more then. And it just started to smoke snow. What was the what really. was the one? What was the one that you you what was the first video that you got a comment from an electrician that really prompted that for you? I was working in this weird sort of job. It was like a, a shipping container that I was putting conduit in and stuff like steel conduit. Yeah. Uh, it, it was going to be like a lab or something. Um, and it was just a bit of an unusual job. So I just filmed it on my phone or on my GoPro or something and just put it out there on, on YouTube. And then, yeah, quite a few electricians started commenting, saying, you know, like giving their opinion and then saying, oh, this is great. Can you post case, post more stuff? And that was sort of what it gave me the impetus to go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll post another video and then another. And now we're posting three times a week and it's kind of yeah, an addiction. Yeah. So, <laughs> Did you um, did you post as you went or did you were you very thoughtful about the content you were going to post? Or it was just, you know, I'm on a job. I'm going to post what we're up to and, and see what happens. Yeah, the start it was very much like that. Just, you know, if I could yeah. film a bit of footage on a job, just post it out. There wasn't even really much sort of much sort of editing and stuff going into it. I mean, I'd just knock it together on iMovie, you know, and uh, and chuck it out there. Uh, but it slowly evolved over time. As the videos got more and more views, I started to become more conscientious about how YouTube works and how to grow on YouTube and how to get more views and uh, things like that. And it's slowly transitioned from just being a thing that sort of happened by accident to actually, it's a business, it's almost a business in itself, really, YouTube. Yeah. Um, but also we get so much work from YouTube now. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so it's like, it's a business itself, but it's also feeding my electrical contracting business. Now I'd say 50% of our leads come from YouTube now, which is wow. just nuts. Could, could you, and, and you tell me what sort of people are coming through as leads in, in YouTube. So the major one for us is electric vehicle charging. Yeah. because we sort of I did the EV charging course fairly early when it was quite new and not many other people were doing it and then I started posting videos about it 
And of course, naturally, then people who are searching who want to get into that side of the industry, they found my videos and then customers who are looking to get EV charging points found my videos, too. And yeah. so those videos have created kind of like a real um, flow of leads from customers who see us doing the installs and go, oh, I like the way you work. I like the way you present yourself. Can you come and do my install? Yeah. And then also electricians who are just um, looking to get into it. And then I get messages from them asking questions about how did you, you know, how do you get into the EV side of the business and stuff? So I do a lot of stuff just helping electricians get into that part of the industry now as well. Yeah. Do you think that was the, um, yeah, one, one, one of my questions was around, you know, you focused quite early, as you just rightly said, on the EV market and obviously spotted that and thought, right, there's a, what was probably a niche at the time has become, you know, lo no longer a niche um, and probably won't be in the, in the future. Um, yeah. What made you, what made you do that? Was that just something you were interested in and could see was going to be big? What made, made you take that decision to go very focused on EV? Yeah, I, I like to do a course every year to kind of upskill myself. Yeah. So I always make it my goal to do a new course every year to just, just for my own fulfillment really and development. Um, just think it helps me to grow as an electrician and as a person and the ev one was the sort of the logical one because that was one of the new things that was coming in yeah um and then uh, it was it was a bit of a weird one because you kind of do the course but you don't know really if you're going to get any jobs to be able to actually put it into yeah. practice but i just did like i've always done with my business like if i want to attract work for something set up a specific page for that on my website so you know i just added a page we are electric vehicle charging specialists in cambridge you know and and just rely on google to direct people to that and it and it started trickling in and then you know you do a few jobs you uh, it goes okay you sort of improve you learn and then you know post a few videos about them and it just sort of snowballed from there to the point where now like probably nearly half of our work is electric vehicle charging it's half now wow that's a, that's a big number yeah and do, i mean do you that's see the... no go on yeah i would say i would say that's quite like if you just looked at our business you would think that every single person in the uk was about to buy an electric vehicle because <laughs> we get literally like if you were in the office hearing the number of phone calls we get for ev charging you you would think that this like this was just everyone was adopting them now but it's just because of youtube we get you know hundreds of inquiries every month for ev charging so it's probably not like a good sort of gauge for most electricians starting up a business that they're going to get tons of inquiries so loads of, but, yeah 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 but it's definitely you know just what we're seeing the amount of business that we're seeing from it shows you the potential and that's only going to grow exponentially over the the next few years so yeah it's a great place to be for us we're really happy that we got in early on it and we sort of positioned ourselves as experts in the field because it's it's resulting in a lot of work and are you you talked about the number of leads is that all in cambridge or are you going further afield no we are going quite far now um, again right. because of youtube people find us and they're like oh i'm a, you know i'm a couple of hours away would you be able to would you be able to come and do my charge point and we're like yeah no worries you know if they want to pay us a bit extra to go over there and do it that's fine you know so luckily i've got Corey who's doing a lot of our ev yeah. installs and and he 
he uh, he's young and energetic, so he doesn't mind a bit of traveling. <laughs> and he's, I see he's quite active on your helping you in sort of Instagram live and, and doing all that stuff. But it, how did you, when did you decide, because you're seven people now, when did the business really hit that point? Was it EV charging that did that that made you think, right, I need more people? We're getting so many leads coming in, you couldn't cope? Yeah, yeah, that was it really. It's not, And it's not that long ago. I mean, it's it's literally months ago that that sort of happened. So like December, um, I think it was December. I No, no, it was earlier than that. October, I think last year, I was on holiday. We were on holiday with some friends and I was just talking to them about it. Like I was, my inbox was just totally flooded and I just couldn't right. keep up with the number of inquiries that were coming in. And I, I was saying, I'm at this point now where I've got to make a decision. Do I just keep it small and keep it me? Or do I go, right, we're just going to do this and we're going to grow, you know? Um, it was either turn down loads of inquiries and find a way to just keep it small or just go go for it. And um, yeah, that sort of holiday was just like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. So hired admin staff, hired Corey to just do EV basically. Um, and then it's grown from there. So we've got, yeah, more, more and more people coming on board. And I still not got enough people. I need more help, really. I need, I need some more good electricians, but it's hard to find like really good people. That's, that's the challenge. Well, that was my, that was my next, um, that was my next question because uh, that's, that's one of the challenges I think is being brave enough to, to do that, right? To go from a, you know, single person company to hiring your first employee. But how did you approach that? How did you find Corey? How did you find those, those people that could do the work? Because that, that definitely seems to be a challenge the world over. Yeah, I mean, it's another blessing of having YouTube is that there's already an audience of people who know me, they know the company, a lot of them are electricians. And so when they find out that there's an opportunity to do something or work for us, you know, some of them yeah. will jump at, jump at that opportunity. So Corey is one of them. I mean, I, he just messaged me. I think he messaged me on Instagram originally, just, you know, he, he'd seen some of the videos and stuff. And we'd worked on a volunteer project that was sort of in common. We didn't know each other directly, but we, uh, we yeah, we sort of worked in the same place and knew some people in common. So, I, you know, knew a little bit about him anyway. And um, he, yeah, he just messaged me and he was at a point where he was kind of, uh, just finishing a project that he was working on and he was going to be available and I just invited him over did an interview and pretty much hired him straight away so uh, and and it's worked out great because not only is he a good electrician but he's good on camera as well so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's good and uh, he, yeah, he's been a really good asset to the company um, and and now as well he's because I've sort of trained him in EV. He hadn't done any EV stuff before, um, but I knew that he was capable to learn quite quickly. So I put him through the EV course and then I yeah. spent a few, day, a few days with him, training him to do EV charging and then just sent him out on his own, you know, and he, he's, he's doing tons of them now and he's doing them to a great, great standard. And, you know, he's capable now to start training some of the others as well to, people, be able yeah. to, to do it so that's kind of the goal is to start training some of the other guys to do it so that we can keep up with the demand because yeah it's that's, too much at the moment it's amazing and it's um it's funny as you mentioned there about the you training him one thing that piqued my interest and you sort of touched on it earlier when you mentioned that the comment that you know the, the online side of the business is becoming as big as the sort of core business of actually fitting doing installs for people um you actually start an education program that people could pay for 
um, via your channel. Do you maybe want to just just talk? As I was really fascinated by that, do you maybe want to just talk talk about what prompted that and how you approached it? Yeah. So I just I used to get so many messages from people who'd watched the channel uh, or and followed me on Instagram and stuff saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm working for someone right now, but I'm really thinking about starting my own company. Have you got any advice?" Um, how did you do it you know and and yeah. i would try and help i would try and help as much of these people as i can just messaging back and forth but i thought you know there's really a, there's really a need for a kind of just a course of how to start and run your own electrical business because i had to you know i i was lucky that i had my dad who sort of like taught me some of the basics of business but it was so quick losing my dad that he didn't really have a chance to teach me all the stuff that I needed to know. And um, so I, I learned the hard way for a lot of stuff, you know, made, yeah. made quite a few, few mistakes. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if you just had like a course of step by step how to do it and, and how to avoid some of the mistakes that I might have had to, you know, learn the hard way what works, what doesn't work, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I sort of sent some messages out first of all, to see if there was actually an interest and a lot of people showed an interest in it. So I thought, right, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna film this course and I'm just gonna share exactly what I did in, yeah. in 2016 to start Artisan Electrics, how I built it to, to sort of where I am today really. And, and I just filmed it all. Uh, 14 hours of video footage, um, step by step, lots of different lessons divided into sort of logical sections. And um, it's gone down really well. So we've had a lot of people who could kind of benefit from the course and it's given them the confidence to actually start their own business and, and yeah. go out on their own, which is great, you know, and starting to hear some really great success stories from people. And um, yeah, so it's nice. That's great. And one of the things, uh, one of the comments you just made that I thought was interesting was um, the 14 hours. So I guess one of, one of the big questions that com comes out from building an online profile, uploading videos, all the things you're talking about, how do you find the time and how did you find the time to, to do all that stuff? Long days. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think if I didn't love what I do, it it wouldn't work because I just sort of have a burnout. But I do love, I love being an electrician and I love running a business as well. I've always sort of had a bit of a business uh, mindset. You know, business is something that interests me. So the two things and, and you know, doing YouTube, yeah. it, it is, it's, it, I do enjoy it. It's, it doesn't feel like a job, you know, and some somebody once said, if you, you know, do what you love, then you won't work a day in your life um and so yeah some days it does feel like hard work because you know you do get stressful days and stuff but in general i enjoy it so that helps and does take a lot of a lot of time you know i mean yeah. youtube itself is just it's a full-time job really doing youtube just doing youtube especially now just like preparing planning uh filming editing uh you know dealing with like because we get you know brand deals and stuff coming in now as well yeah. you, you're dealing with dealing with the brands doing meetings contracts oh there's there's tons of stuff you know um 
So yeah, I'm sort of half and half now between like running the electrical business and then running the YouTube channel. That's sort of how my time is divided really. And has that, has that been possible because you made the decision to hire, you know, Corey and then the other, other people that you brought on board and you, you talked about hiring an admin quite early on. I'm presuming that made a pretty significant impact. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I've got actually two admin um, people who they sort of like both part time, but they fill a, a role, a, they make up like one part time role, uh, one full time role. And then I've got um, Dan, who I've just employed, who is full time for me doing like estimates, you know, site visits, uh, quoting, um, all that kind of stuff. So that means that, like for me now, I don't need to go out and do all yeah. that stuff. I can just... I do the quotes for the EV jobs, but he does the quotes for all the other stuff, basically. Yeah. And then I can spend a lot of time just kind of working on uh, working on the business rather than in the business and uh, building building it, kind of setting up systems and stuff, and also just YouTube focusing on that. Cool. And how did you, you know, you've, you've set up a program to help people learn about how to set up and about how to do this themselves. How did you educate yourself? You talked about how you do a course every year, but on the on the YouTube, setting up the website, you know, you talked about editing your videos. Did you just know that stuff or how did you sort of get yourself up to speed on it? No, it, I, YouTube is your friend. You can learn anything on YouTube. <laughs> so, so, you know, just, uh, yeah, search on YouTube for how to start a YouTube channel and then, <laughs> and then how to make great videos. And uh, yeah, I mean... You can, you can. I, I basically spend probably too much time watching YouTube videos. So <laughs> I think that's probably um, quite good for people to hear that though, versus, you know, I, I either hear that people have a, a friend, a family member who is really good on that stuff and builds a website for them and, and does everything. Um, and the other, all people just know this stuff for, for whatever reason, but it's quite, probably quite good for people to hear that actually you just went out there and searched for it, didn't know it. And then you've managed to build a, you know, 50,000 plus subscribers from that, uh, which is really impressive. Yeah, I mean, like at the start, it was me filming everything on my phone and then me editing it all myself on my MacBook with iMovie. And it was very kind of basic, but that's how I got to say like, you know, 45,000 subscribers or 40,000 subscribers, you know, doing that. And a lot of people have massive channels and they just just do that. Now, because I'm I'm able to earn enough from the channel to reinvest a bit of money back into the channel i've got a cameraman now who is brilliant who's actually out on site filming with us so you've got, got an, a, a, say that you've you got, you got a cameraman full-time well he's pretty much full-time I and mean, he's he's freelance so he's not employed but he's pretty much working five days a week for us at the moment because between vid, like filming and editing so he goes out right. like he'll say he'll be on site on jobs maybe two days a week filming and then he'll be a couple of days a, a week then editing that footage as well so yeah he's he's almost full time yeah. at the moment um but it's great because the quality of the content has just massively yeah. Yeah. increased because of that he's he's really talented um and so yeah that's just like been able to level level up the the co content and we're seeing now also an increase in views and subscribers because of that as well so it's added a new sort of level to things really and most of that's been paid for presumably by those sort of brands that are paying you for product placement or stuff like that is that and, and ads I mean, you're at the point where yeah. i guess there's some ad revenue that comes through from from google as well so yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. And then on the EV, back to sort of the EV side of your business, do, do you think that's going to become more competitive? Is what's the sort of next thing that you're you're thinking about um, as that becomes sort of more commonplace, or you think there's lots of lots of room to to move there still? Yeah, it's like any industry, really. There's always going to be a sort of a cutthroat, cheapest chips side of it. Unfortunately, it's the same with yeah. the EV. You've got these big brands who are kind of well. Yeah, big sort of companies who are trying to flood the market by, you know, offering almost free installations and stuff like that. But the problem with that business model is that the quality always suffers and customer yeah. satisfaction is low and things like that. So um, my aim with the EV charging, just as it has been with general electrical work, is to offer a you know five star customer service, yeah. su- you know, superb quality installation and just find the customers who want that and, and are not, you know, so concerned about having the absolute cheapest um, job. And I think there'll be, there is, whatever your, you know, whatever your trade is, really, there's always going to be a part of the market that is like that, that you can you can reach. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, now there are a lot more electrical contractors getting into EV charging as well. Uh, but I think that's a good thing because the demand is only going to increase. So, you know, it, we need a lot of good installers out there who will, yeah. will do, do things properly. And um, that's one of the things I'm kind of working on at the moment because we're getting so many requests from all over the country is actually creating a network of installers that um, I can sort of partner with to be able to help our our customers who contact us through youtube to get a good installation done so i'm sort of reaching out to a few select electricians at the moment who i know offer a really good standard of work and and trying to get them to sort of work with us so that we can cover the whole country basically well i guess that if someone searches for ev charging installation you probably rank reasonably high on you know across google and, and youtube and everything because of the work you've done with the with the channel so yeah that makes it makes a ton of sense that you would want to leverage that that lead generation for the places that you can't reach as a business. Um, cool. Okay. I, I had a sort of couple of last couple of questions. Um, you know, one of them, one of them was any sort of interesting jobs you've done recently that you want to tell us about that have been um, either funny or different. Um, you talked a bit about the container as well, the one that sort of kicked things off on the, on the channel, but yeah, anything that you would share? Yeah. I mean, we've done some cool videos on the channel. Like it did this beautiful oak um, studio kind of, like music studio thing that we did some interesting wiring in that's uh, I did film some content over that was like at the beginning of lockdown um funny uh stuff I mean the funny ones you can't always share on YouTube but there's a few funny things like um customers we had this one who had, had like cats like a lot of cats and they were like her babies, you know, these cats. Yeah. But the socket, the sockets all kept tripping. And we figured it out why it's because the cats kept peeing on the sockets. <laughs> so we had to end up. That was a tough like, conversation. Ah, oh, it was a nightmare. And yeah, and it was it was pretty gross because like all she had all these wooden skirting boards all the way around and it was actually rotting the skirting boards. That's how much these cats were like peeing everywhere. Um, but it just like so totally soaked the wiring and so it was tripping out and stuff so we had to sort of like take off all the sockets and dry them out it was really gross um 
so yeah that's a little bit funny but gross kind of job um yeah, yeah and then we had one we had one airbnb that we were working in where um the landlord didn't tell us there was someone staying there <laughs> and that was a bit embarrassing because i started drilling in the kitchen and and then they came out of the bedroom like scantily clad going what the heck is going on we're trying to have a holiday here <laughs> uh, so uh, needless to say i didn't uh, work for that landlord anymore after that. but yeah that was a bit of a nightmare <laughs> yeah it's not ideal i don't know it's worse the cats or that i think the i think the cat sounded worse um yeah. this has been this has been really insightful is there any you know you've given a lot of advice and, and talked about things you did i mean ultimately what do you think the key is for people who are thinking about going out there doing what you did and starting their own business what do you think the, the, the sort of number one thing you would you would do again to sort of kickstart the successful business in the way that you have customer service is key really i mean you can be the best electrician on the planet but if you're not good with the customers you know then it doesn't matter really you won't be able yeah. to kind of run a successful business you've got to have both so looking after the customers you know turning up on time honoring your quotes you know it's just like it's all basics of customer service but it's absolutely key to to really growing a successful trades business that's what i found and once you get that uh, customer service down then everything else kind of follows on yeah yeah cool all right then we have some we finished with some questions which i think i you did get in advance um so you had a little bit of preparation not everyone's had them in advance actually i don't think um so I'm going to ask them in order. The first one is, you know, if you did have another trade, if it wasn't an electrician, what, which, which one would you pick? Um, I think it would be a plumber. Not the, to not the toilet sort of side of things, but I really like the, the, the shiny copper pipes. Uh, you know, like they, some of these plumbers on Instagram and they polish the copper pipes up and they look so nice and all straight and lined up and stuff. I, I, I love all that kind of side of things. So, yeah, I think plumber. I'm not sure you can be selective. I don't know what you said about customer service. I'm not sure you can turn up and say, I only do copper pipes. I'm not going to... Uh, sorry, I, I am a plumber, but I don't do toilets. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could put that on your, put that on your website. Um, the yeah. second one was, what's your favourite on-site lunch? Uh, I'm a bit posh, so uh, Corey's always ripping me because I have, like, avocado and smoked salmon salad for lunch and stuff. Well, I guess you, you artisan by name, artisan by nature. You'd have to have avocado toast or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, exactly. Got to live up to the reputation. <laughs> um, you're the first person that's come up with that sort of lunch, by the way. I've, I've been intrigued if everyone else um, avocado. And, and do you say smoked mackerel? Uh, smoked salmon. Oh, salmon, sorry. Oh, sorry. I said mackerel. I don't know why I said mackerel. Um, and then your go-to... Mackerel's go -to, good as well. I like yeah, it. Now, your go-to tool brand, and I want you to say the, the one you actually go to, not the one that maybe is, is, is paying you right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought about this. This it, it depends what kind of tools you're talking about, really. I mean, the, the tool brand that I probably love the most at the moment um, is Superrod because they make tools that solve problems. I mean, I've, I've sort of talked about them on the channel for loads, but they do like these cable pulling rods, for example, that just get you out of so many tricky situations. And uh, they've got this thing called the cable tongue, which you can use to get up, you know, tight voids and stuff and pull cables in. So, yeah, they're just the sort of lifesaver tools. And I, I, I appreciate those the most. Yeah, cool. And then, you know, as things are moving, hopefully towards a, some sort of normality and stuff starts to open up, um, 
what sporting event or live gig would you go to first um if you could oh um i've been to a gig for ages i used to go to so many gigs when i was younger but it's been a long time um and there's not it's not really anyone that i've kind of got planned to go but uh, one of the one of the best that I've ever been to was probably Bruce Springsteen at the Emirates Stadium. I think it was that was uh, pretty pretty epic. Um, but yeah, I've not really I've not really thought about uh, who I'll go to see next. And, and sporting okay. sporting wise, I'm I'm a bit boring. I'm not massively into my uh, sports, uh, but I do, what I would like to do is go to America and see a baseball match again, because that was one of my favourite ever sort of sporting events that I went to uh, was baseball, believe it or not. Really? Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, we put it on the list. Um, and then any pranks, and we, we say this in, you know, in all good humour, uh, that you've played on apprentices, you've hired some apprentices, you've brought some people on. Yeah, I, I think the classic one is just like, get them to work on something like a switch or something and then um make a loud sort of um loud noise to make like to make them think that they're being electrocuted <laughs> <laughs> what is it like what is a loud noise that, that makes you sound like being electrocuted something like something like, <laughs> or, or something like that and then that usually makes them jump you know yeah 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 i could imagine um Okay, and the last last question really is, look, this has been really insightful. I think you're doing some really, um, you're obviously doing some really interesting things. I think just, you know, from the core business itself to what you've built from, you know, the, the channel, the educational program you've put together. Um, it's really, really cool. Are there, is there someone else you think we should speak to next or have on the show that you think is, would be interesting for us to speak to? Yeah, like we talked about plumbers. Get a PB plumber on here. I don't know if you know him on Instagram. We do, but yeah, yeah. He started making YouTube videos again recently and he's he's putting out some great content. And I think that, um, yeah, that's probably quite a cool um, guy to get on, actually. Yeah, great. All right. Jordan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you spending the evening to uh, to talk to me. Um, that was really helpful. And, and yeah, and best of luck with uh, the continued growth. It's a really cool story. Thank you. It's really uh, been a pleasure talking to you. Um, no, you're welcome. And, and those listening, uh, actually, we talked about reviews. I should it remiss of me not to say, please do review this podcast on your chosen podcast player, whether it's Spotify, Apple, etc. Give us uh, five stars. It helps um, grow the audience base. Um, and we'd appreciate it. Thank you. And see you next time. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the Tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review. And be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.